Podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks, Podcast Studio B. the new old school podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You can download any of these free apps to any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. Why, it's freer than another supposed gaffe by the president. Supposed. I'm going to ban all semi-automatic weapons. That's what he said. All of them. No, not the automatic ones. Not assault rifles. All semi-automatic weapons. That's shotguns, handguns, 22s, ARs. Probably even your BB gun at this point. Your kids are not safe. Back to the lever action. Bolt action. Muskets. We need muskets. We got to get some muskets. That's right. Single shot only. I'm thinking probably just, you know, probably just some slingshots. That's it. Slate spears. We, we're going to go back to spears. Tossing rocks at things. That's how the ancestors did it. Get the free apps. It's easier now than getting weapons. I'm going on record here today to let you know I don't have any weapons. Nope. I don't have any. None. I have a butter knife. If you're a piece of toast, you ought to be worried. Probably coming for it next. How is everybody doing today? Oh, is that ridiculous? Well, I didn't say it. He said it. Uh, I skipped last week's podcast because of the holiday. I apologize for that. Now, if you're listening at a later date, it doesn't matter to you. I don't know about you, but for me, this week I find myself still somewhat in a, a, a turkey hangover. You know how it goes. If you're like us, you eat that turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Next day, turkey and noodles. Next day, turkey sandwich. Next day, turkey casserole. I mean, there's going to be nothing left but a pile of bones. The raccoons won't even touch it. Nothing to eat. Guess that's where this toast comes in handy. Got to shed some pounds. We are in a great series called Passing the Test. And yes, we don't like tests. We don't like them because, well, they've been presented as a bad thing by those who have been ill-informed. Well, God tests us at times with sickness and diseases, hard life issues of poverty and lack. And overall, if you're a believer and you fell on some really hard times, many of us have been told, well, it's probably a test from God. Well, yes and no. Sickness, disease, physical issues, no. No biblical truth to that one. Just not in your Bible. No scriptures for that, which makes it unscriptural. It's unbiblical to say and believe such things. But there are some tests that we have to pass if you want to reach your destiny. And it's these tests that we have been looking into because all men, all women will go through these. You just will. If you're a believer, you're going to go through these tests. And the purpose of these tests, it's simple. God loves you so much, he looks to build your character. Now, why? Well, because character is the foundation on which your destiny will be built. So we've been looking into Joseph's life story because this is a great example of passing some tests. We know God gives this young man some dreams. All of you have been given dreams, visions by God. Now, some of you have buried them along the way, but again, I'm, I'm asking you to go dust those off. Pull them back out of the grave. Dig those up because God has a word for you through these podcasts. God gives us dreams, and like Joseph, he got excited, but his immaturity cost him. The first test is always the pride test. How will you approach the dream, that vision? 
Here he was, 17 years old at that time, and what did he do? Well, he went on bragging about his dreams. He told all of his older brothers, you're going to bow down before me. Mom, Dad, you're going to bow down before me. He really needed his character built. And pride landed him in the pit, the pit test, because pride comes before the fall. But see, the pit is actually what saved his life. As the brothers wanted to kill him, but he was put into this pit, and, and it was a great learning experience and a way for God to protect him. You know, in the pit, we need to take some time to see, how did I get here? And what am I going to learn from this so that I don't get here again, or I can at least get out quicker? So pride to the pit, to the palace. Now, here we suddenly see things begin to change. We see things are looking up. We start to see the favor of God, but we're not prideful about it now. We learn some things along the way. We can see how this is way better than the pit, but you've got to know this is a very dangerous place because having come from the pit to the palace, it'd be very easy for you to let your guard down because, I mean, <laughs> this is so much better. Oh, Joseph had learned to keep God at the front of it all because once in the palace, you're going to be confronted with the purity test. You think of all the ministers that we've heard of through the years that fell once they made it to the palace stage, right? They made it. They've got some success and suddenly what? A sex scandal. Joseph has to pass the purity test. Pride, the pit, the palace, purity. Now, sure enough, the devil's going to send somebody or something to test you in this area. It doesn't always have to be sexual. We see that, as I mentioned, with people that we knew, great, powerful ministers and ministries, they fell because of purity. We get comfortable. We have to be very careful at that stage. Character is being built the whole time. See, this was in private. Nobody had to know, but God would know, and the enemy would know too. Character being built in private. What will you do when nobody's looking? All of us have a destiny. So we saw that Joseph, well, he did the right thing. Now watch this because this is what I referred to as a test inside of the test. He did the right thing. He refused this woman, and yet he's still going to be accused of something that he did not do. How do we respond to false accusations? How will we respond to challenges against our character when they lied about me and people are believing them? I just went through this for over a year where a minister of a church attacked me. And I don't mean a little bit. This man posted daily for a year about me and what he was accusing me of, this sexual impurity and how it grew. And this story actually grew to me having sex with 30 different women in the basement of the church in a year. Now that seems ridiculous and it seems so far out and over the top, you'd think, well, there you go. That's just crazy. And yet many people believed it. And you know what his proof was? Did he have pictures or witnesses? Did he have any women that came forth and said, yes, I was one of them? Did he have a video or find porn in my home? Did somebody catch me? No, none of that. The proof that he had was, this is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. God told me that you're having sex with 30 women. God told him I was doing this and that and the other. And he went public with this with zero proof. Even when challenged to show proof, well, I don't need to show any proof, God told me. No, just go find one of these women. It shouldn't be hard. I live in a town of 900 people. We have cameras all over the church building recording every move. I live in an apartment under the church. So where are they? Who are they? One picture, one shed of proof. Uh, uh, no, don't need it because God told me. Well, we've yet to find out who they were, but my point is attacks come. And how are you going to handle them when you didn't do it? You did the right thing, and yet all kinds of people believe this guy. We lost a third of the people that had been with us through the years and years of ministry. This one guy with a thus says the Lord was able to convince people, and believe me, he ran a very hard smear campaign, hard, daily saying something on Facebook, his podcast, even called 20 ministers, 20 places where I had preached on, uh, on the regular. 
preaching across the U.S., told these churches as well. He's calling people in our own congregation one by one, calling pastors of churches that he didn't even know but knew that I had preached there or that I would preach there. And again, what proof? None. None at all. So what am I saying? Well, these tests will have some tests inside of the test. Like Joseph, we can do the right thing and still find ourselves in a mess. So what do you do? You have to pass the prison test. The prison test. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hands and fled outside that she called to the men of the house and spoke to them saying, see, he's brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me and I, I cried out with a loud voice. And as it happened, when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and he fled and he went outside. So she kept his garment with her until her master came home. Then she spoke with him words like these saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us, he came to mock me. So it happened as I lifted up my voice and I cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard these words, which the wife spoke to him saying, your servant did this to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him in a prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison, but the Lord was with Joseph. He's not going to leave you in times of trouble, friends. And he showed mercy to him, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison didn't look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. So look at this, and I haven't really talked about this yet, but every test, it really has to do with stewardship. How well would Joseph steward his actions? How well would he steward what belonged to somebody else? How well would he steward his own body and his relationships, his attitude and all of this? Again, this comes back to character. You will not build your destiny if you're not a good steward. Now, this test, the prison test, is a test of perseverance. Oh, man, believe me. I just did this for well over a year. This test is a test of perseverance. Talking about God developing character in our life and how we persevere through those things. Romans 5 is what I believe is a formula for character. And I love this series because so far in every stage, every test, there's some keys. There's some simple things we can do to pass these tests. Romans 5, 3 through 5. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. Character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This says that we glory in tribulations. Wait, we do. <laughs> Wait a minute, we do. Well, there's two Greek words for the word glory. Now, one of them is used 138 times in the New Testament, and it means the seeing of the glory. Like when you look at God, it's what you see, the glory, the radiant. But the other meaning is, and it's the one that we're seeing here, means to rejoice, to glory in or rejoice in. So this says that we are to rejoice in tribulation. Now, why or how are we going to rejoice? I, I had to find this in this last season. And I'm really not trying to complain about what took place. But if you really knew the magnitude of what this person did, and my response that was being challenged daily, daily having to not lash out, daily I would hear something new from somebody, daily attacked, accused falsely, Another preacher, another minister, another person hearing about the lies, another member leaving because of the lies, another issue that they wanted me to respond to, and I had to learn a lot here. How am I going to steward my response? No, it's not easy. It shows you every bit of pride that you still have. 
this one's personal for me as I've just got out of the prison. I think, I think I'm on the, on, the, on the flip side of it. So this says that number one, tribulation produces perseverance, a test in the test. Now, let me say this. This will find you. Now, Jesus said in John 16, in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So it's going to happen. But it says that we rejoice in tribulation. Look at James 1. 1 verses, uh, uh, James 1, 2 and 3. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. This is so amazing. Now listen, I know, I know we don't like it, but I am telling you firsthand, the things that you are going to learn and to see and to experience in this test will serve you for the rest of your entire life. Now, I thought I knew that God was good, but I had no idea until I walked through the prison. No, it hurt. It was painful. It was scary. It was hard, lasted way too long. Everything in my flesh wanted to do something about it. Testing produces patience. Tribulation produces perseverance. Patience is waiting with contentment. It's not restlessly waiting like tapping your foot or looking at your watch like, come on, what's the deal here? Let's go. Patience is keeping your heart right while you wait for something. Waiting with contentment. Perseverance is fighting the battle while you're waiting with contentment. Perseverance involves a struggle, something difficult. Trials are brief, but tribulation is long. Perseverance is a long and difficult trial. Aren't you glad? This is, this is such an encouraging podcast. I had to persevere through this attack for almost 16 months daily, daily something new. The story would grow, and somewhere along the way, I probably killed a kitten and slapped a nun. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a battle. It's a battle. It's not just sitting back like, well, God's going to deliver me, so it's all good. No, it's a battle. It's a struggle to not defend myself, to answer every single three, thing that was coming down the line, to try to engage like they wanted me to, because you know when a preacher says, God said, <laughs> that's it. No more argument, right? Are you going to say that God didn't say? So you have to persevere, but it's not easy, not at all. I would just, listen, I was just in the palace. It was awesome. How fast you can go to the prison. Listen, this started just two weeks after we launched church on Sundays. I got to stay in the palace for two weeks and then went to prison. I'm telling you, it's all part of the plan. It is, and these are tests that all of us will go through. You will. Tribulation produces perseverance. And it's a long trial. Now, for Joseph, it was 13 years. 13 years. Here's some trivia, 13 years. It was 13 years before David actually became king after he was anointed. Paul was at the church of Antioch for 13 years before his first missionary journey. Just some trivia for you. I had to go to two years of Bible school for that information, so you're going to get it. So let me say this, and I believe this to be true. I do. I believe our response to the trials will determine the length of them. Now, I'm not saying I did it all right, absolutely not, but I know that if I had engaged with this minister and tried to defend myself every single day, over and over and over, it just would have drugged this thing out longer and longer. So tribulation produces perseverance, and two, perseverance produces character. So when I look through the Bible to see, is there anything else that produces character? I didn't find anything else. Because, see, we all wish that we could just find somebody who has great character and ask them, would you pray for me? Can you, can you pass that anointing of character on to me, please? Well, that would be great. Oh, so-and-so is so anointed with character. No, 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 listen. You have to go through a long and difficult trial for this one. Perseverance produces character. 
if you have authority or resources, the worst thing you can do for somebody is to promote them before they're really ready or deliver them out of a trial that God's trying to take them through. All throughout the Bible, we have perseverance working in their lives. And Joseph is a man of great ability. And everywhere he goes, he rises up to number two in charge in the palace and now even in the prison. But was it his ability or was it God's favor? I mean, it's easy to see that God was with him. We have to learn along the way that, yes, even though we have some abilities and talents and some knowledge about some things, we're always going to have to keep in mind that it's God's favor. I believe that Joseph, who did a lot of things great, but he didn't do everything perfect in his testing time. Genesis 40, remember the butler and the baker each had a dream, and he interprets those dreams for them. In Genesis 40 in verse 14, but remember me when it was well with you. Please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. Please be sure to tell Pharaoh that I did this right. Don't forget me down here. Genesis 40 and verse 23, yet the chief butler, he didn't remember Joseph, but he forgot him. So Baker, you're going to lose your head, but Butler, you're going to be restored. Remember me when you get restored. I told you this, but he didn't, did he? So two years later, Pharaoh has a dream and the Butler remembers, hey, wait a minute. I knew this guy. Now you think about this. Who, who gave Pharaoh this dream? God did. Now, why didn't God give Pharaoh a dream like two days after the Butler got out? Why two years? I believe Joseph interprets the dreams, ministers to these guys, and he says, hey, don't forget me down here. Tell Pharaoh about how great I did. I mean, I'm the guy that interprets dreams, right? Tell him. Let them all know. Watch this. What if God allows him to stay two more years in that spot because if God had allowed him out, could it be that Joseph would have thought, well, the way to get ahead is to name drop, to give hints. Remember me, I'm the guy that interpret dreams. Remember me, come on. We've all seen this in people. It's who they know, not the God they know. They drop names to try to get ahead. I hate, yes, hate is a strong word and I said it. I hate when somebody drops names. Hate it, who cares, I hate it. When they try to use that to gain some, you know, gain something. Listen to me, I wanna be very clear right here. God will never, ever reward manipulation. Never, ever. Joseph's character wasn't quite ready to support the destiny yet. It's God's grace that he doesn't put you into that destiny until you're ready anyways. Are we trying to manipulate people into allowing us to do some things in the kingdom by dropping names and dropping hints? What happened to trusting God? Does he need your help or something? I mean, why would you do that? God will wait on your character to be big enough to support that destiny. I can't tell you how many times that I've been impressed by someone and wanting to promote them, getting ready to do it, and then they blow it by dropping some hint to me or dropping some name to me like I should be blessed to have you in my presence because you shook hands with Benny Hinn once. Well, I worked for Kenneth Hagin. Wait, you mean you cleaned the bathrooms at the church? I traveled with Kenneth Copeland for a while. You mean you helped unload one of his trucks at a meeting? Stop it. Just stop. I worked for Todd White before. Oh, you mean you took tickets at the door to some event that he had? I, I've had people, I, I, and I say some, somebody, came to me and they act like they were best friends with Todd White because they'd attended a few of his meetings back to back. Seriously, they really acted like they had an in with him. They spent a few weeks following some meetings and now they're best friends. No lie. It does nothing. Well, thank you. That tells me all I need to know. I'll back off. Stop manipulating people to advance your plan. What about God? Friends, I can tell you nobody gave me this. I don't have it in the lineage. My dad blew it. Others blew it. Listen, I, didn't, I don't have the, well, my dad was a great minister. Well, T.L. Osborne blessed me and laid hands on me and did this. That. Yeah, I don't have that lineage of names and things I can drop. I had to trust God the whole way. And you know what? It was more than enough. 
It was more than enough to not have to know all these people. I was working for a pastor uh, just not too long ago, maybe a little over a year ago, and, and he's like, I'm going to make you a household name because he knew all these names, right? He knew all these names and all these people. I'm going to make you a household name. And his daughter yelled from the other room, Dad, he's already a household name. He's on television nationwide. Now, listen, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm a household name, but I just thought it was funny that he thought by getting me in front of these people, that's what's going to elevate me. He thought that's the key to get where you need to go. I'm going to, I'm going to, take you in front of all these people. He's claiming to be like best friends with, you know, Kenneth Copeland and he just dropping names uh, every two paragraphs that he, that he speaks, you know, stop manipulating people to advance your plan. What about God? So tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And number three, character produces hope. Character is not only how we act. I know we talked a lot about that. Well, if you, you will act right if you have character. But character isn't just that. But how about how we react? Joseph did the right thing and yet suffered for it. And again, I didn't respond to these allegations. I didn't attack. And I knew a lot of personal things about this minister. I could have smeared him all over the place, but I didn't say a word. I had to shut my mouth, didn't respond, didn't defend, allow God to do the talking and allow the proof or the lack thereof to talk and allow people to just watch because they all just knew this ministry was going under, going to fail, going to fail. Did all that and suffered horribly for it. I did the right thing and they still lied. They still believed it and they even made stuff up along the way that was so far out. You really would have to be deceived by Satan himself to believe it outrageous things that you thought, well, that's a new one, but it's so far out. Certainly people are going to be like, wait a minute now, that's just silly. No, no, they believed it. And he didn't even added to it doing the right thing and suffering the wrong results. What was the evidence that got Joseph in trouble this time? Watch this. Satan has no new tricks. Satan produced evidence to support the lie that Joseph had been torn to pieces by wild animals. You remember that in the beginning? What was the evidence he produced? Watch this. I'm going somewhere. He produced a garment, didn't he? Remember they tore up that garment and put animal blood on it? Took one of Joseph's garments to say, look, he was eaten by a wild animal. Now, what did he use to get him into prison? A garment. See, no new tricks, no new tricks. See, I had a pastor early in our ministry come hard against us because we wouldn't allow our ministry to become under his ministry. He wanted to be a church-ran ministry under his church name because we were getting some serious results. And he needed something to boost his ministry. And when we said no, guess what he did? He began to call all, all the other ministers that we'd been involved with and tell them that we were in rebellion, lying to them, smearing us with no evidence. Same thing, same tool, same trick, same devil, simply because he was a pastor. They believed him. It was from there that we ended up long, not long after that. We ended up on our national television program, Glory to God. But no new tricks. Joseph, it was a garment. Same, same. So here's the question today then. Can you identify what it is that Satan keeps using uh, and keeps tricking you with? I mean, that's a whole other podcast, but have you been involved with a lie about somebody with no evidence? Satan has no new tricks, so stop falling for the same thing over and over. Don't be involved in something like that. Never be involved in destroying another person's ministry, ever. I'm going to tell you something. God will not applaud it. He will not applaud you. He will not celebrate you. He will not bless you for it. Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Joseph was able to interpret the dreams while in prison, still ministering to whomever he could. That tells me that he didn't have a sick heart. He was still concerned about others. He didn't sit there and feel sorry for himself, but he was able to still minister. That tells me that overall he kept his heart right in the situation. 
Hope is not that God will deliver me out of this, but rather, how about this, that God will help me walk through it. You think of the storms on the sea and the men in that boat, and what did Jesus do? He walked to them on the sea in the storm. He didn't cause it to stop yet, and one man walked on the water. Why not just stop it? Three Hebrew boys in a fiery furnace. Well, just don't allow them to toss us in there. No, I'll be with you in the troubles, he said. I'll be with you for the purpose of showing you how to walk out of it. Won't stop it, but you'll overcome it. It's because, look, look, it's going to happen, so what then? If we're always looking to just be delivered out of something, that's actually a part of what God wants us to walk through. The longer it goes, your heart will grow sick. But what if you rethink it? God wants to show me how to walk through this. Not just boom, it's gone. No lesson learned there. All right, lastly, number four, hope produces appointments. Romans 5, three through four, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Now, wait a minute. I know this is kind of a double negative here because dis means not to appoint, disappoint. So hope does not disappoint or hope does not not appoint meaning it appoints. Hope appoints. I hope your eyes didn't just cross on that. Hope produces appointments. I know you're going through some form of tribulation. We all are because we're in this old world, but that tribulation will produce perseverance in our life. That perseverance will produce character. That character, hope, and hope will produce divine appointments so that you can step into your destiny. Do you see that? You cannot pass up or skip any of this. You have to go through the steps. Here's Joseph in prison, and it says in Genesis 46 through 7, and Joseph came to them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of the Lord's house saying, why do you look so sad today? See, that hope that he still had that God was good and he was still gonna minister to these guys produced a divine appointment in his life. He still had hope. That hope produced a divine appointment. Can you see that today? He kept his heart right, and that appointment led to his destiny. You're going through tribulation. I say, keep on going through. Keep on going through. You're going through it. Keep on going through. Respond correctly. Keep hope. Tribulation leads to perseverance. Perseverance to character. Character to hope. And that hope is going to produce the appointments that you need to get to your destiny. It's the tests. Do not try to skip part of the test. Don't try to help God by dropping names and hints. Trust the process. It's these tests that lead to your destiny. Oh yeah, tests inside of the test, inside of another test. But here's the thing, if you fail here, you fail everywhere. Pass your prison test. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast. I'm your host, Don Allen. Until next time, even in the prison, I'm going to keep that hope alive by attempting the ridiculous and achieving the miraculous. I hope you join me. Hey!